please stand and open your Bibles to the book of Colossians, the third chapter. While we're doing that, I'd like to thank all the men who came out yesterday to work on the campus to help us get our campus looking good and ready to receive those that God wants to send our way. And we appreciate you greatly for your service. Amen. We're going to look at Colossians' third chapter. It's in the New Testament. Third chapter, we'll read verses 23 and 24. Colossians' third chapter, verses 23 and 24. And this is the word of God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Amen. Can you just repeat after me? And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we ask that you are beginning to shift our thinking. You're beginning to shift our behavior. You're beginning to change some things within us right now. And God, we yield ourselves to you, our hearts to you, our lives to you, because you are worthy. Now, Father, speak to our very hearts through the power of this word. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I'd like to take a moment and thank all of our guests for being present this morning. Uh, we are grateful for each and every one of you, and you're always an answer to prayer because we pray that God would give us the opportunity to expand the kingdom. And we thank you for being an answer to prayer. Amen. Our 2020 vision, just for a moment, we haven't spoken it in a while. It is to be a church focused on life-changing encounters so others can begin to see Jesus. It is to, amen, it is to be a church focused on life-changing encounters so others can begin to see Jesus. Amen. We're thankful for the opportunity to live lives that will cause others to see Christ. We're thankful to live lives that will cause others to see Jesus through us. And we want to make sure that we are people that are making life-changing encounters day by day so that others can begin to see Jesus. When we do that, then we're doing what God has ordained us and put us here to do. Amen. And we also prove that we have a kingdom focus so that God can get the glory. Amen. Today, I want to speak to us from the topic, being your best you, being your best you, amen, being your best you, amen. I'm excited about this lesson because this is a subject that can affect any and everything that we do. It can affect any and every one of us that are in this room, and it is something that affects us both spiritually as well as in the natural, being our best you that we can be being the best us that we can do. No matter what we are charged to do, there is an expectation that we do it well. When you go to work tomorrow, if you go to work tomorrow, your supervisor is going to have an expectation that you present yourself well on that job. When you go to school tomorrow, if you have a test or if you uh, participate in class, the teacher has an expectation that we will do it well. If you're in a marriage or you're in a relationship, your mate has an expectation that you're going to love them the best that you can. So there is an expectation that everything that we do, we do it the best that we can. 
And let me just add one more piece to it. God has the same expectation. His expectation is that we would do everything that we do the best that we can. Amen. And the scripture teaches us that we don't do it just to please man. Because all those other things I mentioned were to please man. But we ought to do it to please God. Amen. And God says, even if you're not doing it for me, doing it as if you were doing it for me, do it in such a way that I would get the glory from your behavior. Amen. Uh, so um, we want to make sure that we are doing all that we can to live lives that are glorified the Lord and that we're being our best. And one of the things that we learned, I think, last week or the week before when we were talking about it is that we have to, uh, that there is a blessing in our present. Amen. And in order for that to happen, sometimes we have to put the extra energy in. Sometimes we have to put the extra effort in. Sometimes we have to put the extra time in to get the fruit and the result of what we want. Amen. So I want to start today by telling a, a true story. Um, some of you know very well that I ran track when I was in high school and in college, and that was my favorite sport, my best sport, I'll just say. Um, and um, when I was running track in high school, um, if you know anything about high school track, you know that in, the, in certain meets, the more points, the more events you participate in, and the more people that place get first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, then you get points and you get a chance to win the meet. Well, my coach uh, decided one day that he would ask me to pole vault. He said, we need some points, Carol, and I need you to go pole vault. So I had about a week to get ready to learn how to pole vault. Yes, Charnella's laughing because, yes, it was quite funny. Amen. Um, <clears throat> in fact, that's another story. In fact, uh, but anyway, so the, the coach told me to pole vault. I went to practice. I got the pole out. And for anybody who knows this event of pole vaulting, for those that don't, you take this long pole that's, it could be 10 feet long, 12 feet long. You run with it. And when you get to the pit, you stick it in this uh, pole. And then you propel yourself upward and you try to go over the bar. And, you know, if everything goes well, you land on the mat. If everything goes well. Amen. Keep that in mind. So anyway, um, the higher you go, the more at risk you are because you're uh, running and you're putting yourself up in air for a long period of time. Um, now, if you're just going over a low bar, it's not as much jeopardy because you're not that high up and you're not that exposed. Amen? Um, so when I first started out, I was like, I got it. I got it. And so I'm running. I'm doing down there. And I'm putting it in. And I'm going over the bar. And the bar is maybe about this high. So one of the things I want to point out, too, is that there were high jumpers that were jumping over bars that were about, Harry, come on, man. <laughs> there were high jumpers that were jumping over a bar that was about this same height with no pole. And they would just run up to it and jump over. And so my, my, my joy, and I was happy, the, the good news is I was getting over the pole, over the bar, but the bad news is it wasn't high. And the good news is I was competing, but the bad news is I wasn't winning. And I wasn't winning for one reason. Because the bar was too low to win. Though I was getting over the bar, but the bar, Minister Kathy, was too low. And since it was so low, I was getting over it, but all the guys that were competing to win were going over a higher bar. And so we need to look at our lives and we need to ask ourselves the question, is the bar that we've set for ourselves too low? 
is the bar that we're trying to uh, overcome and accomplish, is it too low? In other words, is are we getting over the bar? In other words, are we waking up every day? Are we showing up at the job every day? Are we, you know, not having a wreck on the way? Is it too low? And, and so here's my question that I want to just ask, and then we're going to move on. I don't believe Jesus died on the cross for us to have a low bar. I believe Jesus died for us to live victorious lives. And we might be getting over the bar, but there's no victory if the bar is so low that everybody else is exceeding what we're doing. Amen. In other words, <clears throat> are we putting our best foot forward? And one of the things about the low bar is the low bar had very little risk. In order to get over the higher bar, you had to ex uh, expose yourself to more risk. And in our lives, I wonder, are we exposing ourselves to any risk? In other words, are we taking a chance on God? Are we taking a chance on faith? Are we taking a chance believing that if we if we doing it for God, that he will walk with us, he will help us, and help us to be successful? Amen. So we need to ask ourselves, are we just getting over the bar? But is the bar too low for us to win? Amen. I wonder if some of us are declaring victory over a low bar. I wonder if some of us are declaring victory over low bar stuff in our lives. See, Jesus died for us to get over the good stuff. Jesus died for us to get over that that is hard. Jesus died for us to do that which we can't do on our own. Jesus died for us to do that which would give him the glory. Amen. And so we got to ask ourselves, are we getting over a good bar or just a low bar? I want to read the scripture to you again, and this time I want to read it to us from the Amplified Version, which helps us to understand it a little bit more fully. It says, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord, not from men. And you will receive the inheritance from which which is your greatest reward. It is the Lord Christ whom you actually serve. Amen. I love this amplified version because it says, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, whether you're washing dishes, wash them as unto the Lord. Whether you rake in the yard, rake it as unto the Lord. Whether you're doing your tests at school, do it as unto the Lord. Whether you're doing your work at your job that they're paying us to go to, do it as unto the Lord. Whether you're caring for your children, whether you're loving your mate, whatever it is, do it as unto the Lord and not to men. See, when I love my family, my children, my wife, when I love them as unto the Lord, then they're well loved, amen? But when I do it to please men or when I do it to, as if man is going to give me the reward, then it's not very good love, amen? So we got to ask ourselves, what's our motivation? What is driving us to do the things that we are doing? Amen. So I want to give you a little heads up. This is probably going to be a multi-part message. Not probably. It will be. And today I just want to cover a couple of biblical principles that I think would help us to be our best self. And so this brings me to the first point as we think about this scripture. The first point is this. Order it. Order it. I'm not talking about name it, claim it. But something more, I'm talking about having some order and some structure in our lives. 
I can personally declare that I'm a better me when I'm more organized. I can personally declare that I'm, I'm a better me when I follow a little bit of structure in my life. When you get up at a certain time, when you give yourself enough time to do this, when you go a certain way, when you consider for traffic, when you look at your bank account and all those things, I recognize that when I have a little structure that I'm a little bit better. I'm a better me than when I just wing it. Amen. Now, there's nothing wrong. Every now and then winging it is okay. But you got to be careful that you're not winging it when the house note is due. We got to be careful that we're not winging it when the light bill is due. We got to be careful that we're not winging it when our relationship with God is due. We have to order it. Now, sometimes this verse that I just read is left alone or not even discussed because the verse right before it says something about obeying our masters. Servants, obey your masters. And um, quite often we skip over that because we don't want to deal with that part. We don't want to talk about servants and masters, maybe because of slavery or maybe because we don't want to be seen as subservient. But I think that in my head, the enemy was getting to my head. Because one of the things that we must come to terms with is that the God we serve is a God of order. No matter who you are, no matter what you do. A good example of that is found in the creation story in the first chapter of the Bible. Every day, God did something, and he did it in order. And he did it with a purpose. And he did it as part of his master plan. So much so that on the seventh day, he was done, and he rested. And then that's what he commanded us to do. So we have to consider that order is a God thing. Order is something that blesses not only us, but it blesses the Lord. Amen. And if we want to live lives and be the best that we can be, then we're going to have to come to some order and some structure in our lives. Now, order is critically important to being successful in life, even in your personal life, whether it means cleaning out the garage so you can get rid of junk, or whether it means cleaning out your closet so you can have room for more, or so that you clean out the kitchen cabinet so you can know what you got. Or maybe it means budgeting, doing your budget so you know what your finances are. All of these are things that point to having order in our lives. And in our lives, when we have order and structure, then we know what we're supposed to do. We know what we have, and we can find what we have. How many of us have said, you know what, I know I, know I, I, know I have that, I just don't know where it is. And we're looking all over the house and we're tearing up stuff and turning the closets up and going inside out and in the garage and in the closet, in the house, looking for that thing where if we had a little order, if we had a little structure, then we would know where it is. Amen. And how many of us have missed an opportunity because we didn't know where it was? I'm, I'm going to tell on myself, how many of us at work have needed a piece of paper or a document or a report don't shake your head, Greg. <laughs> and, and we couldn't find it because it wasn't where it belonged. It wasn't where it was supposed to be or it wasn't where we had set up a situation where we could find it. Amen. So order is critically important in our lives. My father taught me and my brother a lesson early when we were uh, young. My father had these uh, a great tool set, and he said that we could always use his tools as long as we put them back where they belong. The times that we didn't put them back, we lost the opportunity to use what he had. 
And I wonder, is it like that in life? That the time that we don't put things where God wants us to put them, the time that we don't order our lives, do we lose the opportunity to use those things or those situations? Amen. How many of us are missing our blessing because we're not respecting God's order? God's order in our family, God's order in the household, God's order with our finances, God's order with our bodies. God is a God of order. In the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, we see Jesus ordering the situation. Listen to Mark 6 and 38. It says, so Jesus told the people, we're going to, the, the disciple says, Jesus, send the guys away. Send them away so they can go get them something to eat. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. And they say, Jesus, do you know how much that would cost? And Jesus says this. He says to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, we have five uh, and two fish. And he commanded them to make all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. Jesus, first of all, says, assess what you have. He said, before you go sending people off and before you say you can't do something, why don't you see what you got in your hand? Why don't you see what you got in your, in your storage? Why don't you see what's accessible to you? He says, how many fish do you have? How much bread do you have? The disciples had no clue. And they went out and they assumed that what was out there was not enough. But how many of you know with God, all things are possible, amen? And so God says, go do that and find out. And, and so God made what they had more than enough once they yielded the situation and put it in order. God, then, then the Lord says, okay, let the people sit down and put them in groups. Now, we don't know the significance of the groups of 50 and 100, but all we know is that it was important to the Lord that in order for this task to be accomplished, the people had to be in order. And so lives that are in order put ourselves in a position for God to add the blessing. Because God didn't add an extra fish. He didn't add extra bread. But he made what was there go further. Amen. And so we need to ask ourselves, do I need a raise or do I just need to know what I'm spending my money on? We need to ask ourselves, do I need more of this or more of that or do I just need to put it in order? Amen. So we need to ask ourselves those questions. And, and the Bible tells us that there is a benefit to order. So let me add one more thing. The scripture says in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. In this conversation, Jesus is talking and he's teaching and he's letting us know that there's a lot of things that we want to worry about. He says, but look, look, don't worry about all that. He says, if you make me and my priority, me and what I want, priority one. He says, then everything else that you need, I will take care of. In other words, he says, if you will put things in the proper order, if we, when we do that, then we put ourselves in a position to be blessed. When we order our spiritual lives, then we put God in the place that he belongs. We put him at the top of the list. We make him priority. We make him first place. And when we make him first place, he promises that everything else that we need will be provided. Amen. So in the scripture says that we seek him first all the other things that we need will be added. Amen. Being your best and us being our best must include implementing some godly order to our lives. Amen. The scripture teaches us in Hebrews 10 and, 12, 10 and, 10 and 25, there must be some order in our spiritual worship. Amen. 
The scripture 10 and 25 says, don't forget to worship the Lord on a regular basis. Don't forsake the regular assembling of yourselves. God says, look, on a regular basis, you need to worship me. Then he, says, then he talks about the talents, and he says the person that doesn't utilize the talent, take it from him. And then in Leviticus, it says several times a year the men should come before the Lord. So there is a structure and an order that the Lord desires for us. So we need to ask ourselves, is my life ordered? Do I have structure in my life? Um, the guys in Man to Man know that I keep making promises that I'm going to clean my office. I get about halfway done, and then I have to start all over. Amen? But there is a blessing in order. We need to ask ourselves, do I know what I got in my closet? We need to ask ourselves, do I know what I have in the bank? Do we need to, we need to ask ourselves, what order is my day? Let me add this last thing, and then I'm going to leave from that part. Um, uh, every morning um, when I get up, first thing I do is try to fall on my knees and pray. Thank the Lord for waking me up. Then I have to take the dog out. And when I take the dog out, I am uh, take my little phone out there, and I'm sitting out there, and she's running around playing and stuff. And one of the things that I have an opportunity to do is to check my bank account, check my uh, the weather, uh, check you know a few other things, check the latest news, and then also see what the uh, Lord says in the scripture. And what I had to do is finally check myself because I realized that I was checking my bank account first thing in the day. I was checking the news, and I was checking the weather to see if I could go play and all of that. And then eventually I would check my scripture. And I made a commitment to myself, it's been a few months now, that I will not do anything, any of those other things, until I first read the scripture of the day. Until I first let the Lord get a chance to speak to me. Until I first give the Lord first place in my life. And then I can check my bank account, check the news, check the weather, and see what the day is going to bring. Because I must have faith and believe the scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things that I desire will be added to it. We need to ask ourselves, are we giving God first place? Have we put him first or have we put him last? Have we put him in a place of, of excellence or are we giving him scraps? Do, does he get our focus? Does he get our undivided attention? Do, does our prayer life suggest that he is number one? Does our prayer life suggest that he is our all in all? Does our prayer life and the, and the way we study the Bible suggest that we believe his word and that we make it a priority? Let's order the li our lives. Let's give God first place. Let's give him priority in our lives. And when we do that, we find that we will be blessed beyond measure. When we do that, we find that God will give us more than, than enough. When we do that, we'll find that we're trusting him for what he wants to do and not just what we want to do. Because how many of us know that sometimes what we want to do is flesh-driven? Scripture says, I think it's in 1 John, it says that the uh, flesh, the, that the, uh, the pride of life and the uh, flesh of the eyes and the, uh, 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 the flesh, uh, th those things drive us. But we, help me. Not, yeah. Yeah, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life gets us off track. Amen. So let's give God a chance to minister to us. Let's give God a chance to bless us. And let's get our lives in order. Here's the last thing. And this is, this is just work related. One of, the, one of the things that I would just ask you is um, your desk at work. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself because I was very guilty of this. My desk at work, when your boss comes in, 
thinking, you know, Carol's been doing a pretty good job. Maybe I'm going to go in and have a conversation with him about a promotion. When that boss walks in and looks at your desk, does he think, does Carol need a promotion or does Carol need to get his act together? When your supervisor comes in and looks at the way that you've organized yourself and your work, is he saying, yep, you're ready? Or is he saying, maybe I need to rethink this? We need to ask ourselves the same thing in the spirit. The way that we manage what God has blessed us with. Does it put us in a position where the Lord has said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you rule over many. Or does he say, what did you do? Where is it? What's, what's, the, what's the deal? We need to make sure that we're living our lives in such a way that we're blessing God with order in our lives. Our, our, we will benefit. Our families will benefit. Those around us will benefit. And most of all, the kingdom will benefit. Let's live lives that are orderly. Let's give God a chance to get the glory from our lives. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this word. And I pray, God, that someone's encouraged by it. I pray that someone is blessed by it. And I pray, God, that even I am encouraged to get moving on some things that I know you want me to do. God, you have blessed us so well. And, Father, as you've set in motion the days and the week and the months and the hours and all of that, and it's all in order, and it, and it continues to be functional, and it continues to bless us. And so, God, as we look at what you have done, let us look at what you can do through us and give you lives of order so that you can get the glory, the honor, and the praise. I pray, God, that if any person in this room today has not made you their number one, that they will put everything in order and make you Lord of all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.